On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Oh, the offseason is almost done, and the Brewers finally make their splash. Welcome in. I'm Dominic Catronio. Reese Hoskins reported to join the Brewers. Now, this is not official yet. Of course, pending physical, all that fun stuff. The Brewers have not made the announcement yet, but... It's Ken Rosenthal, it's Adam McAlvey, it's Ironclad. It, it seems this is going to happen. So, Reese Hoskins, the Brewers have filled the need at first base. I said it a few weeks ago, there is no way that the roster that it was was Plan A, and Plan A has now come to fruition. It seems to be that Reese Hoskins is going to be a Brewer. So I'm going to get into a little bit of that, why that's important, what it means for the crew. Going to talk a little bit of reaction to the Hall of Fame and everything that went down on Tuesday. Uh, congratulations to Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, and of course Adrian Beltre for uh, being named to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. A couple qualms with it, but all in all, I'm okay with it. Uh, also got some thoughts on the NL Central because, look, very quietly, very quietly, you know, just for the team on the field, the Brewers have maybe had the best offseason of the division. And we, we can we can open that up to the debate. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. One more time. 855-616-1620. The station you're listening to right here on 620 WTMJ. Uh, also got some thoughts uh, at the very end on Ryan Braun being added to the Walk of Fame, you know, the the highest honor for a Brewer player that isn't having their number retired. Uh, congratulations to Ryan. We we'll talk a little bit about that. I've also got a take on that and that there's a there's a few names that are missing, but one in particular I want to bring up. And tomorrow is a national holiday if you ask me, especially to us here in the building at WTMJ. It is the one the only Bob Uecker 90th birthday tomorrow and the pitch hit in the air to right and deep get up get up get up for Garrett Mitchell he just hit a walk off out of here and the Brewers have swept the New York Mets oh my oh my how do you top this one I mean, that's the first week of the season, Uke sounding as great as he did all year long. So uh, have a happy, happy, happy birthday tomorrow. Bob Uecker will have plenty of content here on WTMJ and around baseball, of course, tomorrow being Mr. Baseball's birthday. And maybe it will coincide with an announcement that Reese Hoskins is officially a member of the Brewers. So we're going to be playing some Bob Uecker audio throughout this show today. If you're listening in podcast form after the fact, it is already Bob's birthday today. So go check the socials. You'll see plenty of content out there for Mr. Baseball. Let's talk a little bit about Reese. Let's talk a little bit about the offseason for the Brewers. That's coming up next as we just get rolling here on Brewers Weekly. In the collar for you, here is you. Ah, oh, thanks. Oh, man. Running at sausages. Woo. Wow. Oh, man. All right, Grinny. Did you win? No, I'll be honest with you. I tipped over. (laughs) 
We were we were pulling for you up here. We were cheering for you. You were the brat. Yes. <laughs> oh, look at how my skin is shriveled. Swing a, he swing no, strike looking. <laughs> Things were getting a little too serious up here. <laughs> I didn't really run, folks. You know that. Come on. <laughs> it sounded like it, though, didn't it? That was hey, They're pretty good, you man. You got some acting background. <laughs> they sold me. Lane Grindle and Bob Euchre, just uh, having some fun earlier a couple of years ago, uh, found that clip. You can find some good stuff here in the uh, WTMJ archives, uh, and you'll hear a lot more of it uh, tomorrow here for Bob Euchre's 90th birthday. But let's talk about the Brewers happening right now. And Reese Hoskins again reported. I'll get into the numbers on that in just a moment. I, I tweeted this. I stand by it. It got a lot of traction this week. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. Dom, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. This offseason, the Brewers secured funding for their ballpark and in doing, in doing so extended the lease through 2050. So no relocation rumors, no need for a new ballpark. They're, they're putting in a new Jumbotron right now as we speak. Uh, extended Jackson Churio to a record contract that could be a bargain if he turns into the star that the Brewers believe he's going to be. They opened a brand new facility, much delayed due to a lot of logistical stuff and, of course, COVID, uh, down at the Dominican Republic. Congratulations to everybody involved with that. Looks phenomenal down there. Just opened that last week. They avoided arbitration with all of their eligible players. Also ensured the financials on Devin Williams for his last two years of club control. So that's good news. And now, reportedly, have signed Reese Hoskins. I tweeted, Mark, as in Mark Adonacio, Matt Arnold, the entire front office, take a bow. Because I, I, I'm sick of this negativity. If you've been listening to me for the last two plus years, you know I'm a positive person. I'm an optimist. And I've been sick of the negativity and the lack of patience. Let it happen. Is the team perfect? No, of course not. No team is perfect, including the Dodgers, including the Yankees, including these big market teams. But... As I saw what was happening this week in Las Vegas, as I've seen what's been happening on the South Side with the with the White Sox, I've, I've I've seen what fans are complaining about in the Pacific Northwest with the Mariners. You don't realize what you got till it's gone. This has been an awesome offseason, the exact offseason you want to see when you've extended at least to 2050. So I give. All of my kudos to Mark and to Matt and to the front office for taking this seriously. Obviously, they're about to hit a transition year. You know, Craig Council's out the door. We know that. Obviously, they're about to hit an interesting swift uh, change, a shift in the paradigm of, okay, Burns is done after this year. Adamas is, you know, who knows? After this year, they had to make the difficult choice to non-tender Brandon Woodruff. What are they going to do next? And you can see the vision forming right now with a healthy farm system, the number one prospect in baseball by some publications, the number one outfielder with Jackson Churio on the way. This has been a fantastic offseason. I think some people like to complain just to complain. Don't let those people ruin your day. Mark Ananasio is going to put up $150 million of his own cash to help the stadium. Like I said, they're doing the Jumbotron right now. Yes, politics get involved with all this, but the point is the Brewers are here until 2050. At least, you know, maybe they'll decide to build another new ballpark or something. But the point is, it's been a good year. Let's have some fun with it. Why was Reese Hoskins so important for the Brewers? He hits homers. He hits dingers. 
He has not had fewer than 27 in a full season in his career. Last year, the Brewers were in the bottom six in homers as a team, 30 off the league average pace. They were in the bottom six in slugging, 385 team slugging, which was the worst of this millennium for the Brewers. They were 28th in weighted runs created plus WRC plus from first baseman this past season. 28th in 81, again, WRC plus. It's graded on a scale of 100. Anything above 100 is considered above league average. Anything below 100 is below league average. They were in 81, 19 points below league average. 19% worse than league average. The only teams that they were ahead of, the Kansas City Royals and the Colorado Rockies. They both lost 100 games. So this is why they needed everyday production out of Reese Hoskins. Career 242 average, we don't care about batting average as much anymore, but that's still league average from a slugger. Nearly a 500 career slug at 492. A WRC plus of 126 for his career as well. They needed, they needed a first baseman that was an everyday candidate. They also needed thump. They needed power. And it would be a bonus if it was from the right side, given how left-handed this team is right now. And I went back into the uh, the notes here. Since Prince Fielder left ahead of the 2012 season, I looked at the rest of the division. How many different players have started at first base since 2012 for each team in the Central? The Cardinals, the fewest, no surprise. But remember, Pujols left St. Louis in 2011, after 2011. They have 32 different players that have started at first base. The majority of those, of course, have been Goldie, 620 starts. They've got five different guys over 100 starts at first base. Next, the Cubs. No surprise, Anthony Rizzo. The lion's share of that. And they're in a weird spot right now because maybe it's going to be Michael Bush, but Bellinger is actually fourth on that list with 57 starts at first base. They have they need to figure out first base since Rizzo's left. Both the Reds and the Pirates have had 43, but that's misleading. The Pirates have had six guys over 100, Josh Bell with the majority of those, but they haven't really had a bona fide first baseman for a while. The Reds, Joey Votto. So the other guys on that list, yes, there's 43 other guys that have started at first base. Only three guys are even above 50 aside from Joey Votto. So that's been his position with Cincinnati. The Brewers... 51 different guys have started at first base since Prince Fielder left. That's the most in the division. They've had six guys start at least 100 games at first. And there are three different guys between 222 starts and 230 starts in their career as Brewers. That's just such a tight spread. Roddy Telez, one of those guys. Jesus Aguilar and Eric Thames. If Reese Hoskins plays the full season, starts, let's say he starts 155 games at first base, he would be fourth on the Brewers list of starts at first base. They have not had a regular there. They thought it was rowdy last year, didn't work out. This is huge for the Brewers. It's reported to be a, a one plus one, a one year and an option year, $17 million a year. So he's betting on himself with the ACL. If he has a great year, he'll maybe opt out. And I know that's a concern for some. And he'll go get more money. The Brewers would hope maybe one of their draft picks will be on the way soon, shortly after that, if he decides to do that. Or if he feels he sees the core being you know, strong and wants to run it back again, he can stick around 
for $17 million once again. So I love this move. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. This, this was my plan A, and this was my number one thing on the wish list that could realistically happen for the Brewers, and it did. So hopefully we get that announcement tomorrow. Let me get to a few texts here uh, as well. Finally, a first baseman. Love it. They moved back up the ladder. They should be the favorite. I said that a month ago. Now some people are starting to come around on that as well. Do you think the Brewers go in on Santana and or Garrett Cooper for another first base DH role? No need for Santana now, uh, now that you have an everyday first baseman in, in Hoskins. I don't see Cooper because you've got Jake Bowers uh, and you know corner infield types. You've got Tyler Black still, and maybe soon enough you get the Brock Wilkins up, who's mostly a third baseman. and. Other guys on this depth chart that could Xavier Warrens of types that could work out for the Brewers. I don't see them going for Garrett Cooper. This one from Mason in Green Bay. Who takes a majority of at bats at DH this year? Yelly, Hoskins, or other? Now that's a great question. That leads me into this lineup discussion I want to have. I don't know if the Brewers are ready to force Yelly to be DH. I, I I don't know. It does it make sense? Yes, because he's not the same defender as he once was. He still runs. He still, I mean, if he had the year he had last year, sign me up to be the everyday DH. But does he want to do that? Do you want to pay the amount of money you're paying a DH? But with the roster construction, you want to find a way to get all these young guys in there. If I had to guess, I think you find a way that Yelly is the majority DH, but things happen. Maybe it's a... I, I just don't see them DHing Sal Freelich. I don't see them DHing Jackson Trurio. I just don't see that happening. I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times before. My righty lineup looks like this. Yelly in a leadoff spot in left field. William Contreras batting second, catching. Willie Adamas at short, batting third. Hoskins, first base, cleanup spot. I got Freelich in right, batting fifth. I got Mitchell in center, batting sixth. I probably got Churio there batting 7th as a DH for now, but that's kind of interchangeable with Yelly in left or Churio in left. Then it gets complicated because what do you do with Tyler Black and or Andrew Monasterio at third base? I'm going to assume Black. You know, I'm going to put Tyler Black in here and then Terang ninth. So that would put three consecutive lefties. You know, Black in the 8th spot, Terang in the ninth spot, Yelly in the 1 spot. You know, previous regime didn't really like to do that. I wonder if that's going to happen for the Brewers this season. Then versus lefties, I put Yelich as the DH, no doubt. Yelly will be DHing, leading off. William Contreras catching, batting second. Adamas batting third as the shortstop. Hoskins cleanup hitter, first base. I'm moving Churio to the five spot. Right-handed hitter, of course. He's starting in left field against lefties. I got free looking right. He's going to be the only lefty starting aside from Yelly. I got him batting six. I got Weimer. I think Weimer makes the team as the fourth outfielder, as of now, if you ask me. I got Weimer batting seventh. Then I've got Andrew Monasterio batting eighth at third base, and Owen Miller batting ninth at second base, because then that breaks up the lefties if you wanted to do that. I don't think they're going to put Freelick all the way down. That This is my way too early January 25th look at the lineup. I think that makes sense. You know, your bench against lefties would be. Uh, Tyler Black, Garrett Mitchell, Jake Bowers, and your backup catcher. Uh, and then your bench against righties will be Owen Miller, Joey Weimer, Jake Bowers, and your backup catcher. I, I, I like that team. I really do. I really do. I'm telling I'm I am all in on the Tyler Black train, guys. 
I was right about Bryce Terang last year as far as him making the team. Obviously, he didn't perform to the level that he wanted to. I'm all in on the Tyler Black. I think his game really fits well for this team right now. Remains to be seen. We still got a lot of we, we're still a month away from spring training games. Less than a month away from spring training games. But this Reese deal is a it just it's a perfect fit. And I'm so happy for the Brewers fans to have a free agent to celebrate. He's a great dude from all accounts I've heard, talking to some Phillies folks. Sac State guy, another Sacramento representative from first base. Of course, Rowdy, Sacramento native as well. I love it. I I think this was a great day for Brewers fans. And uh, can't wait for the announcement. And I can't wait for all the bat spike celebrations to come at American Family Field. So that's our Reese Hoskins segment. If you got more questions, you can tweet me, you can text me. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. You can even call in as well. we got more to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about the NL Central coming up next on WTMJ. And then framed it too long, and the game was delayed. And, I mean, <laughs> Burns deals on the outside corner. Strike one. Really trying to get you more strikes, Yuki. That's what, that's what he's doing. I get it. There's enough strikes going on around the country. <laughs> Man. All one delivery by Burns. Swing and a miss. Two strikes and nothing on him. If you remember in the wild card game one this year, Bob Eucher threw the first pitch to Bob Jr. And uh, he didn't resume his play-by-play duties until the third inning uh, because of the tardiness to get back upstairs. So they were him and Jeff Levering were joking about that uh, last October. Again, happy birthday, Bob. Thanks for everything. 90 years young tomorrow. So we'll celebrate that throughout the show. Let's talk a little bit about the rest of the NL Central now that the Brewers... Now, let me let me wrap up the, the Reese Hoskins talk here with another point. He's going to make the 40-man 40. Injuries always pop up in spring training. There's stuff maybe we don't know yet right now, things of that nature. But, you know, if Tyler Black is going to make this team, there is going to need to be a corresponding move on the 40-man roster. So that's something to monitor throughout spring training coming up in less than a month time. And I will be there for uh, all of spring training. I get there when position players report. I won't be there when pitchers and catchers report. It's just everybody playing catch. You know, don't don't overreact to pitchers and catchers report day. Anyway, let's talk central. Main free agents, main moves, stuff that's happened. I, I know I said the Brewers might have won it. The off season, and that's look. The off season's not over. I love what the Reds have done. I think the Reds, the Reds undoubtedly got better. They addressed needs with the pitching staff, and they haven't lost anything from their position core at this point. I really like Spencer Steer. I think he's a great player. I think Ellie De La Cruz is on the way to superstardom, but. Are the flaws in his swing that were exposed in the second half of the season last year, are they here for good? Is that who he actually is? Is he going to continue to chase? Is his strikeout rate going to hover around 35% like he did in the second half of last season? That's that's never going to work out for anybody. Is, is Frankie Montas healthy? Is Nick Martinez actually a starter? There are a few gambles out there, but I, I, I hope that it works out for them because that's a great baseball town, man. A lot like Milwaukee. Milwaukee and Cincinnati, kind of, you know, the, the the elites forget about these towns. These are great baseball cities. So I, I I enjoy this NL Central rivalry between these two teams that seem like they're going to be good for a long time since the Brewers' core is young as well, as is the Reds' core. I really like what the Reds have done. 
Very quietly, the Cardinals have had a solid offseason. They address their biggest need in pitching by signing Sonny Gray. He'll likely be their opening day starter. On the periphery, they got Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, which I don't exactly love. But, hey, I, I get why they did it. And they brought back Matt Carpenter. Yanni Molina is going to be on the staff in some capacity. So they're trying to bring back the nostalgia there in St. Louis. And I, I, I'm in the belief that, yes, last season was an anomaly. But I don't think they're a perfect club either. Nobody's a perfect club in this division. And that's why it's wide open. But they need to get out to a quick start, man. Because they're going to be listening to trade rumors all year long with Goldschmidt if they don't get out to a quick start, uh, if somebody wants to inquire about their first baseman. So the Cardinals addressed their need for a top-end starter. Their bullpen's still solid. you know. I mean, Helsley's legit at the back end, and I, I, I wonder how they roll with that. The Pirates making some moves on the periphery. You know, Andrew McCutcheon, Rowdy Telez, Martin Perez. Now signing a role to Chapman this week? I mean, trying to do the Royals route where you, you sign a closer and then trade and see what you can return? I mean, it really worked out for the Royals last year in the trade that they made with the uh, Rangers. I believe it was Cole Reagans who went back, and he's been shoving for them uh, in the second half of the season in the last two months of the year. So that worked. They're kind of subscribing to that thought. And I think the Pirates aren't that far off, guys. I, I mean, they've... Paul Skeens will be up at some point this year. I really like Mitch Keller. I think he's a solid pitcher. I don't think he's a one, but I think he can be a two or a three. Key Brian Hayes should tap into a little more power. He really turned it on in the second half of the year last year. Brian Reynolds, now that he's got the extension, what's he going to produce? Uh, I, I think they, they're close. They're, they're getting closer. And O'Neill Cruz will be back as well. And remember, that dude. that dude's a freak, too. I'm excited to see Ellie versus O'Neal. That'll be fun. Uh, and then finally leads me to the Cubs. Obviously, Craig Council is there, but I said I'm not going to talk about it again. Not talking about it. But what else have they done? Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Shota Minaga. We'll see. Sounds like good. Uh, uh, an odd arm slot. Jumping fastball, wicked stuff. But, I mean... Sure, they acquired Yancy Almonte. Michael Bush is going to figure into their infield in the corners. And now with the Brewers getting Reese Hoskins, the price for Cody Bellinger just went up. And the Cubs, like we just mentioned, they have a first base problem. And is Pete Crow Armstrong going to be their opening day center fielder? I'm not sure. He didn't get a hit in his, I think, 10 or 12 at-bats last season when he came up. I, I really think that... The Cubs need Bellinger, and that can change all of this take. That can change everything. If they can get a legitimate Bellinger, if they can get Snell, because who knows what you're going to get out of Hendricks in the final year if he exercised the option. Uh, I, I like Justin Steele. I think he's going to be a star, and the Brewers have had their troubles with lefties, of course. Is Jordan Wicks going to take a step forward in a sophomore year? There are still questions about that bullpen. Yancy Almonte could help, but... They need some help, and David Robertson just went to the uh, Rangers today, so the closer market's all tidied up now with Hayter going to the Astros and Robertson going to the uh, Rangers. So I, I, I don't know what it looks like for the Cubs. They're, they're in a weird spot. It's certainly going to be a new challenge, to say the least. This text just came in. Do you think the division has turned into the best in baseball? No. 
No, that that's still the AL East in my opinion. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the Yankees got Soto, Rizzo's back healthy. The Red Sox are being weird, but the Blue Jays are also being weird. Um, but then you've still got the Rays, who are always there, and we should never, you know, forget to count on the Rays. And the Orioles are an exciting on team. And the Orioles, the Orioles are kind of in the in the Cubs boat right now, where it's like everyone's expecting them to do something, and they haven't done something. And the Orioles need pitching. They haven't got any of it, and a lot of it's starting to shrivel up. So they, they need to make a move on that ASAP. And uh, it's going to be a fun weekend in Baltimore. Uh, Ravens, Chiefs, who you got in that one, Matt? Kansas City. Really? Oh, yeah. I believe in Lamar. I think this is the I believe Lamar. in Lamar. There's just too much on the Chiefs' side of the ledger for them to lose this game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm going. I, I think it's going to be Ravens. My heart says Lions, my head says Niners. So you want a horrible rematch, Super Bowl Forty Seven? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I could see that. Shanahan versus Harbaugh. That'd be that'd be really really well coached game. Anyway, this is a baseball show, but that's my thought. That's I think the NL Central. As I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and you can freezing cold takes me whatever. I don't care. I still believe to be considered the favorites in the division. It helps to have the belt, and the Brewers currently have the belt. You got to beat the best to be the best. I I think it's the Brewers and the Reds as of now. Now the Cubs could make some signings, and things could change. Brewers and Reds still at the top of this division. Cubs and Cardinals are in this same bucket where it's like there's a lot of talent there, but which team is going to show up? And then the Pirates, and I don't know where to put the Pirates, but the Pirates are the Pirates. They've been that way for a few years. But hey, Kutch is back, so that's cool. Uh, but as far as best divisions, though, I, I think in the National League, it's probably the second best. I think it's ahead of the West because the West, it's going to be Dodgers and D-backs and everybody else filing in. The Diamondbacks just went and got Jock Peterson today. They've probably had the best offseason of anybody. Um, you know, win the pennant, then got better. So look out for the D-backs. Brewers don't see them until September, so thank goodness for that. Uh, we'll take a breather. We're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame. Uh, be the one millionth person to talk about the Hall of Fame here coming up next. What did you think about the Hall of Fame? 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Stay with us. WTMJ. I caught it just like I used to catch yeah. the knuckleball. Wait till it stops rolling. You're mad that I tried. You're mad that I tried to catch it. I think <laughs> the one zero is in there for a strike. It's one one. It was coming in pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, you did the right thing. Put yourself in front of me. <laughs> Dring fouls it up and out of play, and it's one and two. Everybody was looking for us to throw it down there. We should throw it. It was a fun moment. Our press box at American Family Field. Gets littered with foul balls throughout. It is in that perfect height of foul balls, especially the riders area and some of like the longer down the left side booths. Now, uh, the TV and the radio booth rarely get them. The radio booths maybe like once or twice a season, and one went in there last season. Let's talk a little Hall of Fame, shall we? Uh, again, congrats to Beltre, Helton, and Mauer. Mauer barely made it in. Uh, he only made it in by four votes on his first ballot. 60th all-time to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's it's a hard Hall of Fame. It's a really hard Hall of Fame to get into. We know that. But my first gripe with this, with with uh, this year's Hall of Fame, I would have voted for Belcher, I would have voted for Helen, I would have voted for Maurer. Billy Wagner's a Hall of Famer, guys. What is taking so long? 
What is taking so long? Oh, Dom, he has less than a thousand innings. He did what he was told to do. Mariano's, yes, got over a thousand innings, 1,200, if I'm not mistaken, in the Hall of Fame because he was, quote unquote, the best closer of all time. Trevor Hoffman wasn't even a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was a third ballot Hall of Famer with over 600 saves. There is something about this writer's body that refuses to give relievers credit. And there are these made-up, arbitrary numbers because they're round numbers to say, oh, he has to reach that plateau, otherwise I don't consider him. What? No. He was a closer. Best strikeouts per nine of all time. Best left-handed strikeout. Like, come on. And then there's the whole postseason. Oh, I don't he, he didn't perform in the postseason. He was playing in a juiced era. Wasn't clean. I mean, it was hard to pitch in that era, man. And yeah, it, he struggled. I mean, Albert Pujols hit a ball off him that still hasn't landed. But the the thought that we're going to keep a guy out of the Hall of Fame for a 13-inning sample, granted, postseason sample matters to a lot of people. It's It has the most weights where you're supposed to perform. But we're willing to, you know use all-star game appearances as Hall of Fame criteria. I hate that. I If somehow, some way, I ever get to vote for the Hall of Fame, I will never use all-star game appearances as a barometer. Ever. Cool, you had, you had good 60 games to start the season. You get named to an all-star game. What did you do for the other 100? What? It's also a fan vote. Right, it's that. a fan vote, and... Then you can be a last-second replacement like Corbin Burns was last year. Now, Corbin Burns is a great pitcher. Corbin Burns was not having an all-star first half, if you ask me, last year. But he got into the all-star game. And it's another star next to his name uh, for three straight years. And that's and a, an accomplishment. no weight now. Well, I, it should have never carried weight. But the, the, the point that I'm making is that it's, in my opinion, it's more of an honor to be an, an all-star slash pro bowler in the NFL because it's named at the end of the season. Than the than baseball being doing so in sixty games or so. A couple other thoughts here. Uh, again, Billy Wagner should get in next year. He was only five votes shy. I, I don't know what we're waiting for here. Uh, Andrew Jones gained another three percent, but he's only got three years left, and on the current rate of growth, he would fall off. He would fall short. This one's tough. I for a long time I, I'm a big Hall guy. I'm a big Hall of Fan. I'll vote for a guy that I think's on the fringe. And Jones, yes, best defensive center fielder. We've all heard about that. One of the best players on the teams of the '90s. That's why I put him in. The best at his position on the best team, and for a season was the best player uh, on the team. But I, I know didn't get to 2,000 hits. Didn't reach any of those arbitrary numbers. I, I, I really have a hard time. I know the decline was sudden and quick. I really have a hard time believing that there are center fielders that, that deserve it over him, like get, that get in before him. I, I just still think Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer. Beltron gained 11%, but I, I don't know what we're waiting for now. Beltron got 57% of the vote in his second year on the ballot. He's the best switch hitter of all time. You know, modern times, I should say. I stopped myself there. Modern times, I should say. And I know the sign ceiling stuff holds a lot of weight at the end of the year. People are worried about the earlier portions of a season. I, I mean, 
I think he's owned it at this point, and let's move on. You know, he had the manager job taken away from him after all that sign ceiling stuff. He's now waited two years. It's he's gonna get in. So let's more than half the body thinks he's a Hall of Famer. Let's let's get this going. Let's get Beltron into the Hall of Fame. I'm not surprised Gary Sheffield didn't make it in. Uh, Gary, of course, former Brewer. It's tough, man, because it, it, it's a it's a question of well, he was never caught, but it was always implied. And now there are guys that it was always implied that are in the Hall of Fame now. So it's like, what do you do? Reach 500 homers that for a long time we were told was the number, that arbitrary number, right? This is why it's just an arbitrary number and why I don't subscribe to that thought. Craig Biggio got 3,000 hits. We were told that that was the number. If you get the 3,000 hits, you're automatically in. He had to wait three years, right? None of, none of it makes sense. There are writers in the baseball. I talked about this last week. There are writers that haven't been covering the sport for years that are still voting for the Hall of Fame. And I get it. It's because they wrote during those players' eras. I'm sorry. If you're retired, you don't get to keep voting. I'm sorry. But then it's the whole thought. There's the issue. Like, well, how do you, how do you have a, a new writer? Like, one of my good friends is Fabian Ardaya. He's not yet eligible to vote for the Hall of Fame. But he and I are the same age. 29 years old, 28 years old. He didn't see Bobby Bray you play all that much. Who, by the way, I think Bobby Bray you should be a Hall of Famer. That's one of my hot takes. I'd love to see him in the Hall of Fame. I, I think Bobby Bray's numbers are great. I see the nerds like me stumping for Chase Utley. I need a little more convincing on that. I also need a little more convincing on Jimmy Rollins as far as those Phillies core goes. Uh, sad to see Matt Holiday fall off the, the ballot so quickly. Not saying he was going to get in, but I'm just shocked that he fell off one and done. David Wright barely stays on the ballot at 6%. Torrey Hunter stays on the ballot. Love that. Fourth year on the sh- I I, I want to see a little bit more of a case for him. And I also want to see more of a case for Mark Burley. I hope that happens in the future as well. So those are my Hall of Fame thoughts. Uh, let's talk more fame. Let's talk Brewers. Walk of fame. Ryan Braun. We're not going to get into the weeds here. Stay with me here. We're, we're not talking about that, but... I've got another take on the Walk of Fame. That's going to come up next on the other side of this break on Brews Weekly, WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dom Petronio. Real quick segment here on Ryan Braun. Congratulations. Named to the Brewers Walk of Fame. Now there's the Wall of Honor and the Walk of Fame. The Walk of Fame is considered... Uh, the highest honor without your jersey being retired by the Brewers. I know. I know what happened. You know what happened. You feel passionately about Ryan Braun. I wasn't here. I watched it from afar. He was a star. He was an absolute star. Brought this team, you know, from his rookie year forward, this team was playoff bound in large part thanks to Ryan Braun. So we're not getting all that stuff undoubtedly deserving of a Walk of Fame plaque. I got one other guy I want to bring up. Adam McCalvey wrote a great column about this on his Walk of Fame ballot revealed uh, on MLB.com. You got to have at least 65% of the voting uh, to get in. It comes from media, current former club executives, uh, also former Walk of Honor, but we don't know the full list, but Owner Mark Adonacio is on there, writers are on there, and they send it out there. I do not have a vote. 
But Jeff Cirillo should be on the freaking walk of, fa- of fame. What what is taking so long? I know he was my co-host on the post on the post game shows last year. Jeff Cirillo is the batting champion. Played on some of the leanest years for the Brewers. Came back as a leader to help set this team forward. As a year later, they would make the postseason and get things going. Of course, the most games without appearing in a postseason game, Jeff Cirillo. But let me let me give you some numbers. Twenty six point two WAR on those sad teams. Only George Scott is the only other guy in the top ten. That's not on the walk of fame for the Brewers, for their franchise career war. And Cirillo's not on there. 307 career average and 3,700 plate appearances. That's not a small sample size. 12 Brewers have had 1,000 hits in their career. He's one of them. Ricky Weeks will be on that one day. I, 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 I just don't understand why Jeff Cirillo isn't on there yet. 217 doubles. Each of the six guys ahead of him are on the walk of fame. So let's get Cirillo on there next year, okay? That's my guy. Take a quick breather, say good night, and once again, say happy birthday to Bob Euchre. Take our last break of the night after this. Uh, when I go in here, they'll be buying me my favorite beer, Light Beer Familiar. You, Bob Euchre? Uh, yeah, how you doing? these fans, I love them. These fans know I drink light because it's less filling, and it tastes great. Good seats, huh? We're in the wrong seat, buddy. Come on. He he wasn't in the front row, as you remember that classic ad. Happy birthday to Bob Euchre, 90 years young. So let me give you a quick schedule here as we get ready to wrap up the program. Back live again next Thursday as well. Then uh, next show will be recorded on the 7th. And, or excuse me, it'll be uh, live on the 7th and then recorded on the 14th for Valentine's Day. I want to make sure I still have a girlfriend after Valentine's Day. So that show is going to be recorded. My apologies. But that'll be the day that pitchers and catchers report. So plenty to talk about. And then I will head to spring training uh, when position players report and have plenty of audio and plans coming to you from American Family Fields of Phoenix. So I cannot wait to get back to my hometown, Phoenix, Arizona, and talk some Brewers baseball and Get out of the cold, man. Oh, man. I'm I'm sick of it. I'm at that point in the winter. You know, I know it's the end of January, and this is what we sign up for, and it's all worth it in the summer. This is when it's bleak. This is when it stinks. Okay, so let's be real about that. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, again, congratulations to Ryan Braun. Happy birthday to Bob Euchre, and uh, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Stay safe, and quite frankly, I'm ready for baseball. I'm fired up. I can't wait for the Reese Hoskins announcement. Stay close to socials for that. Until next time, keep on swinging.